Hi, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Caitlin, one of the managing editors at Anifem and a reviewer at Anime News Network. Uh, Today, I am joined by my fellow staffers, uh, Anifem staffers, that is, uh, Peter and Alex. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, Hi, I am Alex. I am also a editor here at Anifem. Uh, in my daytime life, I'm an exhausted but passionate academic. I know I introduced myself like this sometime last year, but now it's more accurate. I am just about to submit a doctoral thesis about queer fiction. And you can find me on Twitter at the Aficionado. And I'm Peter Phobian. I'm an associate manager of social video at Crunchyroll and an editor here at Anime Feminist. On Twitter, I'm at Peter Phobian. And I, on Twitter, I am altsoon underscore nodere. Um, so we are currently at the midpoint of the spring 2022 season. And honestly, this has been a pretty strong one so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, uh, the recurring themes of the season so far seem to be rap battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, and dads. Yeah, good dads. Some, with Good dads. With a little bit of cross-dressing mixed in. Mm. Lots of volleyball, too. Lots of volleyball. Every rom-com has a volleyball game in it for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. But be a new, new emerging trope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rap battles and volleyball. Yeah. Girls volleyball, rap battles. <laughs> Young love forged in the fire of high school volleyball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that that's just sports anime. Uh, so, as usual... We're going to talk about things fr- starting from the bottom up, skipping over the uh, lower categories, including Pit of Shame and Red Flags, unless uh, Peter, who watches all of the trash anime uh, every season, mm. not all of it, just most of it, uh, most has, of it, yeah. has uh, <laughs> any updates on, uh, on anything that has changed significantly. So, Peter, is there anything that we need to know about any of these? Um, I think pretty much everything for Pit of Shame and Red Flags was kind of covered in the first episode. I do want to. I, I do think Skeleton Knight is actually like, as far as power fantasies go, really good because it's just a dude being a Sentai hero and like running around uh, living his best life. Uh, but you know, it it starts probably the worst way it ever could. I don't think they know how to balance any of that content. And that's just very unfortunate. Also, mm-hmm. the elves are from Canada in that series, uh, the magical oh. forest of Canada. So, <laughs> it's like if if the if the entire anime wasn't uh, centered around him trying to take down a elf sex slavery ring, it probably would have been really fun. But uh, that kept it from being fun. Oh well, I'll yeah. refrain from making um, jokes about Canadian accents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I, I should uh, mention r- like really fast that I think a Tome game like uh, I, I don't know I, I, what should I say it tried I think it, it really it was it's trying to like challenge Leon's negative perceptions about Otome games uh, like kind of it I think it textually had him walk in with some perceptions that were based on his own prejudices being forced to play the game that he sort of overcomes like he perceived the MC as a rotten schemer because that's how he was playing the character not because that's how she actually was. Uh, so when he meets her, he's just like, oh, it's just because I was trying to beat the game and being extremely mercenary in all my social interactions. 
And also he hated tea parties because he didn't like playing them, but then he, he thinks real tea parties are lit and gets super into them. <laughs> the only problem is like the, the main villain, I think it's heavily implied it's his sister who is, is playing like the new MC. I, she's basically doing the same thing as he is, but is a villain for some reason. <laughs> and uh, it he's kind of an asshole. Like I, I think it's trying to, say like oh like he's 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 broadening his horizons and like challenging his own perceptions but he uh it, it pretty much says all the girls are like uh stuck up rich girls uh he regularly criticizes them for their appearance or their weight or something like that so uh, he's just a dick in the first place i i don't i feel like the author was trying to do something but uh they probably should have stuck with another genre mm-hmm. i probably talked about this too much already <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why i'm talking about it so much yeah we're going to run out of time to yeah, talk yeah. about the bad ones. That's um, it. That's a dummy game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now on to Yellow Flags. Yeah. There's another kind of game. The, yeah. The uh, multiple other kinds of games, such as the Tomodachi game, which, Peter, you are also the only one watching of the three of us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed in this one. I thought it was going to be kind of like King's Game. Um, but I think it, it's trying to be Kaiji, except it's got so many rules that it's absolutely impenetrable. Like you need to take notes. You have to pay attention the whole time. It's all like really, uh, like super specific debt exchanging and is not as fun as Kaiji. So I, I kind of bounced off of this series. Uh, yeah, just sort of a disappointment. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like just a death game series that's trying too hard to be different also all the characters are bad so there's nobody to root for really it's just <laughs> kind of a yeah it feels bad yeah lots of better uh death game content out there i think such as Rumpa. yeah I, yeah yeah no actually, i love yes. yeah. <laughs> actually i do <laughs> love Rumpa. i said that with a trace of irony in my voice but i really love Rumpa. Mm. so Rumpa's good um so nobody here is watching rpg real estate um no and Watch the Peter, first episode. That's yeah it. there is a funny joke in the first episode yeah um and now peter you are once again the only one watching the greatest demon lord is reborn as a typical nobody yeah uh it's uh, it's basically just a you know power fantasy uh, like guy you know i think reincarnation is replacing isekai as like the new fantasy uh like default uh where some demon lord like reincarnates himself three thousand years in the future uh it it always turns into him having like a mini harem of girls around him mm-hmm. at least this one's kind of honest about it i guess but I, th- I thought the most attractive part about the series early on was he was so powerful that he didn't really need to socialize with people normally as like the demon lord or whatever he used to be the, the great hero i can't remember which one he is so, like, the first episode is him just, like, trying to have a normal conversation with a girl, uh, but he only knows how to grandstand, uh, and it's very awkward, but, I like, by episode two, it's already forgotten that, and that was honestly the only, the, like, the charming point of the series for me. So, it's just him kicking people's asses and having a bunch of girls hang out with him that really like him. One of the girls textually wants to start a harem for him, so. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway, moving, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, we have the show where Peter is the only one not watching it. Oh yeah, what a twist of fate! That's crazy. Uh, your boy Kong Ming. Woohoo! 
Oh my gosh, which, Alex, how have you felt about it? So, it's fun. It's a fun time. It definitely uh, wins the prize, I think, for best one-sentence premise um, of the season. (laughs) Though I'm still... I definitely agree with the issues Vry brought up in the three ep, where it's having this weird issue where, um, like, Aiko, the main girl, in theory, her motivation is what's driving the plot, but she's not actually doing super a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's in this weird – It's I, I noticed this imbalance where basically all of her, you know, her team of tacticians, as it were – they're all dudes and the only other female characters have been her sort of shitty rivals. That being said, uh, the most recent episode ends with her kind of bonding with this other musician on the street who is also a lady. So that might help mm, tip that balance a little bit. I'm hoping. Cause yeah, it's still a lot of fun. Um, you know, ancient Chinese rap battles are, and you know, it, it carries all the musicality off. It carries the vibe off. It's just fun and kind of silly to enjoy, but it just has that, you know, that little niggling issue. Yeah. Niggling away at the back of my brain. Yeah. I've been thinking about that too. Um, just, and in fairness, it seems like a lot of it is just Kong Ming, planning stuff out and everyone else is just like what are you doing and Kong like don't worry about it mm-hmm. I got you boo um <laughs> and then his he pulls off his plan and it goes incredibly is he a d- demon lord that reincarnated himself 3000 years in the future oh Peter do you not know about <laughs> do you not know about uh Zhuge Liang courtesy name Kong Ming oh, the yeah. greatest strategist I played Dynasty world. Warriors I know, I've heard of him yeah um I have actually not consumed the thing that I know that I like that I would know most about Romance of the Three Kingdoms from is Princess Jellyfish okay huh. <laughs> just um I don't know if you're familiar with it, but one of the characters, Mayaya, is very, very into Romance of the Three Kingdoms. She is obsessed with it to the point where she cannot function. Everything in life is related to Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And so everything I know about it, I've learned either from her or <laughs> um, I've learned from my oft-mentioned husband, Jared, who does like Romance of the Three Kingdoms and will explain things to me sometimes when I don't want him to. Uh, which that's <laughs> marriage, baby. I guess do you feel um a sense of connection to like the bar owner character who is also a massive Three Kingdoms nerds and like that's why he hires Kong Ming? Like, do you look at him I and feel, feel a familiarity? <laughs> I feel yeah, yeah. I feel like Aiko when they're like sitting there talking about it, it's just like oh, or, I hope. I'm glad you guys are having fun. (laughs) So, yeah, I think, yeah, this one's fun, though I'm still holding out to see, I don't know, yeah, if if it does a little bit better by its its Mm -hmm. women characters, because it's been a bit on that front so far. Um, And, you know, it can only carry itself on the the sheer cool factor of reincarnated music manager coming for so long. (laughs) Yeah, well... Fortunately, it doesn't have to carry itself for that long because it is a single core series. This is true. Not this sure is if, also true. Is I'm not sure if the anim of the anime is definitely still running. I'm not sure if the manga is still running though. 
Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I have, I mean, apart from her, you know, taking over the world of music, I'm not quite sure what sort of conclusion it could build to. It could go on forever um, <laughs> if they wanted to. They want to keep <laughs> so, building that same joke. Oh, it's still going. Oh, it is? Nine okay. volumes and counting, yeah. All right. So a new question exclusive to this season, probably. Where do you think this one ranks in the rap battle series of the season? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> what are the other series that have had rap battles? I know Aharon uh, has. Um... Aharon and uh, Kaguya-sama. Oh, okay. I have not kept up with either of those at the moment. Oh so I don't gosh. know. But Well, um... I've been watching all three. And this one definitely wins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. The, the rap battle was better than anything that they had even in Hypnosis Mike. Which, in <laughs> fairness, Hypnosis Mike does not have the best. I'm not a big rap person, but I could, t- but even I could tell that, like, yeah, no, this one was actually really good. I mean, I guess it's a, it's, it's and, one, and, one professional and one Kongming. So, yeah. <laughs> it's elevated, and, and, perhaps. <laughs> Just like everyone else, shout out to the translator, Jake Jung, for absolutely nailing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next one, everyone is watching on the team. This might be a first. Every single member of the Anifem team is watching Spy Family. Because it's, it's good. It's, it's so good. good it's just a rollicking good time. <laughs> yeah. There's... Um... <laughs> It's just a good time. I can't think, I haven't watched the, um, I think the most recent episode came out in the middle of last night for me. Um, I haven't watched <laughs> that one, but I, I can't think of anything to kind of flag, you know, content wise. I think, I mean, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it's good, you know, cause like it's doing stuff like mm-hmm. your is obviously meant to be like sexy and attractive, but it's not like obsessed with sexualizing her. Um, Anya, we could say, is one of, you know, I don't know, is she one of the great young girl protagonists of our, of our time? Could be. Oh, okay, no, I, I've got stuff to say about Anya, because honestly, once again, for those of you who are new around here, um, I work in uh, early childhood education. Anya is fantastic, because she is she's younger than she says she is. She's probably like four. Mm-hmm. And so... The way she is, she's telepathic. She can read people's minds. And it would make it so easy for that to be like, oh, she's so precocious. She always knows, like, what's going on because she can read the adult's thoughts. But if you think about it, if adults are standing around having a conversation around a small child, the small child doesn't understand what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. they're going to sit there and put together, use their small child logic to make connections, which a lot of the time don't make sense because <laughs> small children don't really know a whole lot about the world. And so Anya is doing that with um, the thoughts that she can hear. So she does know things that she isn't supposed to, but she doesn't like necessarily make sense of them. And, also, in the latest episode, you do sort of start to see the limitations of her pretending to be older than she is. Because the difference between a four-year-old and a six-year-old is massive. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, of course, she's going to struggle socially when she gets into school. She's 
does not have anywhere near the maturity. And this is a lighthearted series, so it's not going to be like, well, Anya is also like deeply traumatized and her emotional development has been harmed from being abandoned over and over. It's not like getting into all of that. Um, but even then, just the developmental age difference is is so huge that it makes sense that she would have a hard time accomplishing the goals that have been set out for her. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate that about the show. And I appreciate everything about the show. I love Lloyd. I love Yor. I love Frankie. Lloyd and Yor are both unreasonably hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a- <laughs> you've, got, you've got great dad great dad content mm-hmm. um you know this is the first of the uh dad anime that we're talking about this season lloyd <laughs> nailing it doing his best does not always understand what it means to be a dad uh but just the moments where he just like dads out are adorable mm-hmm. um you're going wine mom fantastic Yes. Uh, I just, yeah, there's something to be said for like, you know, I don't know, none of these people are equipped to fit nicely into a, you know, a nuclear family, the ideal, the very, you know, normative Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And yet here they are being genuinely really good parents and all getting along and like supporting each other. And it's just, isn't it just lovely, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. Spy Family Good, I think is uh, around that. Did you have anything to add, Peter? Uh, I, I like kind of have, uh, it's almost like, oh, it's great. I love it. And that I can't think of much else to say about it. It's, <laughs> it's great. I, totally I love the manga. Fair. The anime is super great. It's like, I feel like the only criticism I could say is like, oh, the comedic direction isn't as good as Kaguya-sama, which feels like an unreasonable bar to set for <laughs> anime yeah. series. Uh, yeah, I really like uh, that they've uh, expanded some bits, uh, like when they're celebrating after Anya gets into the school, they expanded that chapter out a bit to include like some action scenes in it. That was um, oh, the Lloyd Man stuff. Yeah, the Lloyd Man stuff was so great. Good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think a really great adaptation so far, uh, and the the manga I always consider to be like extremely immaculate. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, it's just a super fun series. I basically recommend it to everybody. I don't really have any big caveats about it or maybe mm-hmm. any caveats. So if you're listening to this, I, I basically that means mm-hmm. by default I'm recommending it to you. Yeah. So, no matter who you are. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I predicted that Spy Family was going to be a huge hit series because it's got stuff, the stuff that people love about anime. Um, it's, it's got the goofiness, it's got the action, um, and it has, like, none of the, I mean, and people also come to anime for the fan service, let's be honest here, Mm -hmm. but that also drives people away. It doesn't have any of the weird discomfort that makes some people go away walk away from anime is not there are no weird sexual shots of anya Mm. holla fucking luya yeah that's that's certainly good the bar is on the ground but it's pole vaulted over it and we love that (laughs) um you know lloyd and your are attractive um and so if you want to go out and find thirst of them you can oh boy (laughs) can you find thirst of especially of your uh But, you know, it's also not just, like, constant shots of yours tits or, um, 
I mean, I would have no complaints about any kinds of shots of Lloyd. But yeah, no. So I looked at this and I've read a good chunk of the manga too and said, this is going to be the big hit of the season. This is going to draw people in. This is going to be a big crossover thing. And lo and behold, um, Crunchyroll should hire me for marketing because I nailed that one. Oh, well, yeah. That difficult it, problem. It is, in fact, the most popular anime of the season. What? Uh, wow. Unbelievable. Um, so so then, let's hope it right. stays the course. Let's hope yes. it pulls it off all the way if, through. If it follows the manga, then it's it's going to be fine. Yeah, it seems like the only thing that could really, it, unless there's a production disaster for some reason at Wit, uh, that could make it bad. But uh, it seems like they have found a good pace following the mm-hmm. manga, and we know the manga's good. So it's like a <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty uh, what do you call it, a good investment of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, nobody is watching Miss Shock. Shachiku and the little baby ghost, which is fine because that show was boring and cloying. And every <laughs> nobody is watching Love All Play, which I don't even know what that is. Um, it's a badminton anime. Oh, another one? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the third one? Yeah, yeah. Three badminton <laughs> anime. Wow. Um Wait, was attack number one badminton or tennis? That was tennis. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Three badminton anime. <laughs> Three badminton anime. <laughs> um love after world domination all right so mercedes is also watching this but of the three of us alex you are the only one watching it uh, well oh, um i think i've flagged this on the list because i've meant to catch up with it because mercedes said that they enjoyed it so much but i have not done that yet oh um, no oh so man I'm sorry about that it. you're watching it all right i throw it yeah, I'm watching it. yeah <laughs> I'm surprised I'm I'm the only one watching it actually. I I really love the premise of this series and I I had like zero faith they'd actually be able to keep it fresh for 12 episodes, but they're they're freaking doing it, man. It's really okay, it's a great. super charming show. Uh I I really like it. I think uh, they've managed to make like the premise even better by just expanding the cast out and introducing more of the like weird characters that are either in the Gelato 5 or the I don't I can't they're called Gecko not Gecko State. That's from Eureka Seven, right? They're Gecko something. They have the same name. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like uh, Fudo, go, it gets hospitalized, so the the evil organization sends him a get well soon card. It's like get get better, so that we can be the one to stay in your life and with flowers or something like that. Uh, it, and they just keep coming up with new ideas to make it funny. Like uh, there's a scene where the evil organization's meeting, deciding what to attack next, and Desumi keeps keeps like right. She's like the beach, an aquarium a theme amusement park and he's like why are all these date locations why do you wanna, why do you want to make all these date locations you two know the premise right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is why i was interested in it yeah, yeah, sounds, yeah. You know, like a lot of fun yeah and she convinces them to attack the amusement park so that she can go on a secret date with uh fudo <laughs> uh it's very good uh, it might be like too cloyingly sweet in isolation actually but uh they've just got all these zany characters around them that like add a lot of flavor to the series so i i think it's really great my only caveat is it's uh a little cheesecakey. I mean, the main girl's costume. Uh, I've seen costume a is lot kind of... of shots of her garter clad thighs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she definitely. Uh, that's a an outfit. Um, so that yeah, there's that. Uh, but it's it's pretty uh, vanilla. Besides that, they don't really. Uh, I mean, there are scenes where like there's one scene where she has to hide him really quick, so she ends up like sitting on his face uh, to like <laughs> to get him below like a camera level when she's on a mm-hmm. like she gets a surprise video call. So there's like a few scenes like that, maybe two or three. Um, but yeah, besides that, it's just a very innocent 
them like holding hands for the first time or or stuff like that. So super charming. I, I really like this anime. That is excellent news. I will definitely mm-hmm. jump on and catch up with that one. Yeah, I, uh, I it's on my top recs for the season, probably. Cool. Yeah, my plate is pretty full. I would think about it if like there were if I were not like at capacity already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a packed season. It so, is. It's yeah. a really busy season. Mm-hmm. Um, for well, there's I'm quitting heroing, which no one is watching on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Healer Girl, none of us three are watching it. That's another one, yeah, that I I have meant to catch up on, but I haven't had time. Yeah, because again, D has given it such a glowing review in the, the three episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the first episode was really charming, you know? It's kind of, it's nice to think that, I don't know, it's kind of, it has just like a cute, wholesome, magical girl show. And I'm just intrigued by the idea that it is a, you know, a, a fully scored musical anime where they will burst into song and sing their feelings in the middle of a scene. Like, I don't think I've seen that before. I'm sure other ones exist, but I don't know. Yeah, there's been. Maybe they will also have a rap battle, and that will make us. uh, (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) A straight musical anime is very unusual, though. You're right. It is. It is definitely unusual. They Mm. they have existed, but um, closest I can think of is Symphagear, and that's because singing makes their attacks more powerful. So, uh, Narima Daikon Brothers is one. I don't know that one. It's pretty. It's like impossible to find these days. Okay. Um, I know, yeah, I know the people who are watching it. Everyone seems to really love it. Um, and the first episode was definitely cute. Mm-hmm. And there were things about it that I really appreciated. Like, for example, like, this is not, their singing is not a cure-all. People have chronic illnesses. There are issues that are too much for them that they need to go to the hospital for. Mm-hmm. Um but it just, you know, busy season, not totally my thing. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna, yeah, I like like love uh, after domination, world domination. That is, I'm probably gonna loop back and check this one out mm. uh, later on. Maybe when I've um, now that I've maybe dropped a couple of things that we're gonna talk about in a minute. Maybe we'll have All more space. Right. We'll see. <laughs> All right, um, we've got a stab life, which. Fry is watching. None of us. Don't hurt me, my healer. Uh, it seems that no one on the team is watching it. I didn't even watch the first episode. It was like the last series to premiere, and I was burnt out. I was done. Um, so no one's watching it. Nor is anyone watching Awashi. Oh, no. Sports anime just not get well, boys sports anime not getting a lot of love this season. Well, there's just so many soccer anime out there. And it's yeah. like Blue Locks on the horizon. So Blue Locks sounds like a deeply stupid series, to mm. be honest. <laughs> I, but I we'll can't get... say I'm super excited about it. My my favorite <laughs> soccer uh, anime is well, I, I my favorite soccer series is Kramer. But I think like after Days uh, and Kramer, my my what do you call it? Mm-hmm. My bar is pretty high for a good soccer series. Uh, well, Peter, also, you are Shonen Trash, which I say affectionately, of course. I am. Wait, is, is, is Kramer Shonen? I don't know what Kramer is. Kramer actually. is Shonen, but I'm saying yeah. that Blue Lock is, like, the most Shonen, uh, uh, like, approach to soccer possible. I know. I think, like, the only, uh, like, Shonen sports I've really, uh, like, gotten super high on was uh, Haikyuu. And will Blue Lock be as good as Haikyuu? Uh, I doubt it. So... <laughs> 
Very few, very few things are as good as Haikyuu. Yeah, yep. One of Shonen Jump's best manga. For example, Aharon wa Akarenai, which is not as good as Haikyuu. I'm sorry, that was a weird transition. Yeah, it was an interesting transition. I guess they play table tennis, which is a net sport, so... They play, okay, they play a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, like, the most common recurring joke in the series is that um they're both really competitive Raido like Raido thinks he's gonna be able to beat Aharen yeah and then she kicks his ass at whatever they're ga- playing yeah he he is uh, doomed to lose at everything mm-hmm. I do like when the, the the repeating bit where if they if he manages to get a draw or even if he loses he like uh, says like okay now the two of us can defeat the world and then they lose to their first <laughs> opponents every single time he's like oh wow it's hard to beat the whole world at this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> he galaxy brained himself out of a uh, a victory at um at an old maid um yeah, yeah. and a- alex you were really hard on this uh first I, episode. yeah the first episode did not really impress me and i think i don't know i just yeah i saw that very small babyish character design and i was wary um so i'm really happy to hear that people are enjoying it and it's not making <laughs> it weird maybe i will go back and give it another shot because mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've heard good things i've heard it's a very chill uh kind of like I don't know, does it stick with that kind of deadpan humor or is there a bit yeah. more energy sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. It's very, very deadpan. Um, most of it is just uh, Aharon and Raido doing some activity while Raido has his internal narration. Um, there's a couple of jokes about them not smiling very much and they're both like, what? Yeah, they, they don't, they don't <laughs> get smile? the fact that both of them are like that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we smile? What are you talking about? <laughs> can't you see me smiling they say with a completely blank expression even uh, <laughs> brain, he puts her on a multi-week uh, course to become more expressive and thinks he really accomplished something mm-hmm. and then they take a <laughs> selfie and he realizes they've made zero progress <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but I, I i definitely understand like based on first impressions being really wary of the series especially like uh with some of the early jokes like with that that eyedropper joke i was waiting for the other shoe to drop that was really yeah i was like, like is this gonna they... get sexual like with her dropping yeah, like, yeah. And and it the didn't way they go animated there. the fluid was like a little bit like mm, okay I guess once again it's my job to be the crude one kind of looked like a cum shot yeah yeah I, uh, I mean that's what it was she uh, she had splatters all over her face and I was waiting for them to make a gross joke but instead it was just the fact that she was afraid to if any of anything to touch her eye so he had to like hold her head still and the, like the joke was him now, pushing her face to get the eye drop in now yeah. once again having yeah. worked with small children yeah. yeah. Extremely relatable feel. Yeah. <laughs> She's just <laughs> physically small, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that, that this, I really like trust the series now because I feel like they put themselves in a position where they were the easy way out was like uh, a kind of a, a raunchy joke and they just, they never, ever, ever do it. Uh, they seem to be aware that's an option, but then they do something that's even funnier uh, that was probably harder to do than just to like, uh, you know, hit the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. I really Ooh. endorse uh, D's comparison to Tanaka Kun is always listless. I think it's more yes. skit based. Uh, but it has the same kind of energy where everybody is really well-meaning and quirky and everybody else is very accepting of those characters' quirks and their quirks interact in very funny ways. And it's just uh, chill vibes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I do want to point out 
both positive and negative. Um, there was a skit where Raido gained a bunch of weight. Oh yeah, yeah. That because Aharon was, not, yeah. was um, because Aharon was force feeding him constantly. Yeah. Um, so and then yeah, so and then she started reading about dieting because she was like, oh, I need to help him lose weight now. And then he thought she was wanting to diet, and so he started exercising, and he lost the weight. To help her diet, um, right? To help her, to help <laughs> yeah. her. And in the process, so, loses the weight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was very good natured, but like you know, there's some fat phobia going on with yeah. that one. Um, weight gain generally not super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, um, introducing Aharon's little brother. It's very yeah. sweet. Ren. Ooh. Ren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aha Ren Ren. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had had the joke spoiled ahead of me, ahead of time for me. Um, so I knew what was happening with that. But um, the fact that he just likes to dress as his big sister and she's just like, yeah, of course, wear my clothes. And they don't make like a joke out, out of that itself other Aww. than like. Yeah, other than like he he looks a lot like her, and Rido got confused. <laughs> yeah. Um. But or they're not like making any like transphobic or gay panic jokes or like even just being like weird like any anything with gender identity. Like right now he's he is Reina's little brother who likes to wear her clothes. Yep. And it, it's really sweet. It's really Aww. sweet. Okay, yeah, interesting. They, they like uh, they they just they. I, I don't know how it was done in the manga, but they they it's like they specifically added in that post credit scene just to give you context and to let you know that Aharon is super compassionate and supportive mm-hmm. of her brother wanting to try her clothes on. Yeah, so that was great. Oh, that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. pretty sweet. Now, Peter. Yeah, I do have a question for you. Okay. I noticed that Aharon is listed under romance on Crunchyroll. Yeah. So do you think, are they dating? Uh, I, I don't, it feels super platonic to me. Like, even though she like holds his arm as they're walking down, I think that's just because she's weird and doesn't like, <laughs> I mean, it's established. She has problems with like uh, how to gauge, what would you call that? Like personal space physical boundaries yeah yeah but i feel like they played that really well is like she actually doesn't know and she kind of likes walking arm in arm with somebody Mm -hmm. um maybe because she's like so short and some people might walk into her or something like that uh so like but i don't know i haven't really gotten any romance vibes out of the two of them it feels Mm -hmm. like they're just great friends yeah i think that is weird i i think it's ambiguous the opening theme song seems to frame it very romantically Um, um I should rewatch it. But in the series, like in the actual content of the episodes, it it is it's ambiguous. You know, it could very easily go either way um, because they do spend a lot of time walking arm in arm. She, like the or like the things that they do a lot of the time are couple things mm-hmm. L- like the giving each other food constantly. Yeah, feeding somebody um, your uh, lunch that you made for yeah, them is so a very like, big romance trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like is it romantic or is the joke that they're doing these partially that they're doing these romantic signifiers and not realizing it? I don't know. Aharon does um, it for a friend too though. So That's true. So yeah. I don't 
I don't know. I don't know if it's deliberate, deliberately ambiguous. I don't know if there's going to be a, uh, it, it's going to get defined later. I but just I was... Googled it and it auto-filled do Aaron and Rido get together on Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, well. and the answer, the top answer is it's never explicitly confirmed. Although most people agree that they are. Okay, <laughs> so, well, well there you go. I don't, I don't, I don't, if it's not confirmed, I don't. That's weird. Okay. I, Our, I, I like them more as platonic friends personally, but I, yeah, I guess it, you just interpret however you prefer. Uh, no problem mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I told a group of four-year-olds the other day, that's one of the great things about fiction. Yeah. You can <laughs> interpret it different ways and neither one is necessarily wrong or right. Um, I was asking them about where the wild things are. Do they oh. think Max, do they think Max actually left his room? Um, well, wow, interesting conversation. <laughs> <For that laughs> Media instance. literacy starts early. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, you gotta get them into that good, uh, you know, critical, think- critical thinking. Critical thinking. Big uh, mind, mind screw. I, I don't know what you call it at that age. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a weird way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. moving on yeah um let's just leave that behind uh alex (laughs) you are the only one watching fanfare of adolescence yeah i'm curious about this which had yes it had a wild first episode yeah so i have been i've been keeping up with the horse boys because i have been waiting patiently to see if it does any of the things i flagged that it might do uh in the the first impressions for example Uh, being super gay yeah what okay i'll get to that <laughs> so the, the the first thing i was interested in i was like is it going to uh like focus on like the one girl on the team and focus on you know unpack her feelings about being a young woman in this male-dominated sport it hasn't done that yet she hasn't had a lot of screen time then again there are also quite a few members of like the boys in the ensemble cast who also haven't had a lot of screen time and are kind of uh, you know, coasting along being the trope they were introduced as in the first episode. So uh, I don't know. I think that's less, uh, maybe less of a gender bias thing and more just like it's a big cast and they can only want to focus on a certain amount of boys. Um, the second thing was potentially exploring uh, the main character's relationship with the idol industry, which he has left. Um, and it's not really explained why, but it's explained he has, you know, it's kind of implied he has this negative relationship with it. Now that has come to fruition. At our halfway point, our kind of dramatic, you know, unfolding of events is um the the idol agency is trying to take him back. They have not taken his retirement seriously and are kind of like, come on, what are you doing? Joking around wanting to be a jockey. This is where you're gonna be remembered. Don't you wanna be famous? Please come back and make us lots of money. Uh, which is he is not comfortable with. Um and so, you know, it even gets into all these shenanigans, like one member of the agency has been filming a documentary um, hanging around the horse riding school, but when they actually edit together and post it, it's basically like a cringe fail compilation of him like oh, learning to no. ride learning to ride and being really bad at it, and they've posted it online as like a manipulation thing, being like, look how bad he is at this. Fans, don't you want him to come back onto the stage? Um, so that's pretty awful. And then he gets injured. This is our big mid-season kind of climax. He gets injured and the idol agency is like, see, you know, you're not going to be able to ride horses anymore. 
come back. Um, which, yeah, is, I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, at least one facet of the entertainment industry placed so obviously as the antagonist. What I am less keen on is the fact that um, the industry is kind of represented by this one particular agency that he works for, and the agency is mostly represented by the CEO, who is this older woman who is, like, so obviously designed to be, like, you know, paraphrasing fat and unattractive, and that's how you can tell she's evil. Um, mm. like she's the only character in the entire cast who has a different body shape. Um, she wears like what looks like too much makeup. She's just like, it just feels very uncomfortable that she is like, so obviously the villain, but she is this obviously like this woman we're obviously meant to find unappealing. Um, you know, especially in contrast to all of these pretty teenage boys as it just, that rubs me the wrong way. Um, even though I, in some ways, I'm down for, you know, a, I don't know, a, a manipulative layered girl boss villain. I don't know. It's an archetype I can get behind, but it's Well, just... let me tell you about a little series called Birdie Wing. <laughs> so... I'm kind of the executioner on her way of life. Oh my gosh. So just, yeah, so fanfare, I'm like tentatively interested to keep seeing where it goes, but I don't know. I'm also like, Meh, come on, can we do something mm. a bit more nuanced with this? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to stick with it because I am curious and because I'm the only one watching it. So I am the voice <laughs> for the people. Um, <laughs> but I may also just drop it because it's yeah, it's all right. It's a bit boring in places. There's not enough horse content for anime about horse riding, but I get no. that they're hard, they're hard to animate. So <laughs> it is what it is. Um. Is it still just like, does it just have random points of becoming a Lisa Frank fever dream? <laughs> Honestly, not as much as I would like. It's not oh, going to full saddle club and I'm annoyed. Oh, yes. And to answer your previous question, it's it, it still has had a couple moments where it's like, ooh, is there tension between these boys? Perhaps you could imagine them kissing and buy merchandise. Um, but uh. it's, you know, kind of mostly just like the camaraderie and the joy of sports mm -hmm. boy friendship um but i don't know maybe it will give us another bridal carry and flying cherry mm. blossoms moment <laughs> towards the mm. finale don't they're know. just such good friends much they're like the main character <laughs> much like the main character of the executioner and her way of life oh yes great uh, gal pals <laughs> see what i did there this series is honestly incredible mm -hmm. um i'm enjoying it I, i'm having a i've been time. enjoying it a lot um it is absolutely wild um <laughs> so i think a lot of what got flagged in the early discussions in particular was momo mm -hmm. and her obsession with meno's thighs etc <laughs> which has kind of fallen by the the wayside like she's still kind of uncomfortably obsessed with Menno but also a it is not doesn't seem to be so much about like uh physically invasive ways of showing yeah. it mm -hmm. um as much as like ah my ribbons yeah it's just like ribbons it's just like this girl has a big crush on 
on her mm-hmm. mentor, on her senpai, and that comes through in a variety of ways. Yeah. Um, also, she's being occupied a lot of the time by Princess Ashina, mm-hmm. who is like six feet tall, <laughs> voiced by, com- completely covered in muscles, voiced by Mao, and is just like ridiculously hot. I don't know. <laughs> I think I said this in the three episode. Like her outfit is ridiculous um, and skimpy, like, but like you can, she's showing off her abs. So I'm kind yeah. of that's a bit different. At least that's fun. She's working <laughs> it, like, and and it's not like she has like boob jiggle or anything. But that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, like the show is. Um, well, I've been really impressed with um, about. I mean, I'm going to talk about Executioner and Birdie Wing here because they're both kind of the largely female cast Yuri shows of mm-hmm, Yuri mm-hmm. shows of the season. Like they're paired together on our spreadsheet, um, and so there and there's enough commonalities that we may as well talk together. Like they have primarily female casts; men barely figure into it, um, and they are both really great examples that of when you have a lot of different types of women mm-hmm. you can get away with certain tropey things yeah because it because doesn't help the only one all yeah. girls like mm-hmm. yeah momo is like kind of obsessed with um meno in uncomfortable ways but there's also forms of affection and attachment are that are i think less creepy it's complicated with Executioner. <laughs> Especially, yeah, we've it's, got, like, we're putting together some stuff about, like, yeah, the the time the time jump stuff, which I'm, like, I, I'm a sucker for time magic. It is so interesting to me. So I'm very curious as to where that's going to go. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into spoiler territory with this too much because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if anyone's listening and they haven't watched it, like, this is some, like, really plot twist stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fun but, to discover for yourself as you go along so yeah exactly anything, we really need to like i don't i don't think there's anything we need to spoil with content warnings mm-hmm. i don't think um, no yeah um like there is stuff that's like i mean both that are both like really 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 and they're like <laughs> really what oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It's really, um, it's <laughs> like, do you ever, uh, you know, watch a show or read a book, engage with a story and you're like, I, I'm enjoying this now, but if I had come across this when I was a teenager, it would have like rewritten my brain chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting with Executioner. It has, yeah, again, like all female cast. It has that, you know, badass, uh, really cool magic uh you know fun fight scenes and then you know that kind of mm-hmm. uh that ooh you know are you falling in love with the mark kind of romantic thing mm-hmm. i just yeah i'm having a whale of a time with it now and it's appealing mm-hmm. to you know like if i had watched mm-hmm. this when i was like 16 17 i would have been obsessed with it i think and that's always yeah. a fun you know relationship I, to have <laughs> i guess i i totally get that and like what i something i really appreciate about it is that like it's it has, you know, it has this all-female cast. It doesn't seem to feel the need to keep the girls pretty all the time. They yeah, make some real, yeah. they make some really weird faces. Like, there's no real, like, fan service. Um, I mean, Akari's outfit definitely highlights her boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, although, but... I, do, <laughs> I mean, I personally loved in the first episode when Meno was talking to 
what's his face um the dude that she merged oh, yes. and our, our, um, like oh yeah that protagonist there was a girl with big boobs and then i was like big boobs are nice <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> um and so but you know women age they're not all just teenage girls um they make weird faces um they they're some of them are tall some of them are small they're not just moe they're not just like moe archetypes they don't feel like they exist to be like cute and desirable mm-hmm. that being said now that you now that you've mentioned of you know women of all ages it's a bit rough that like one yeah. of the villains is like an a quote unquote old crone who wants to be young again that's a bit yeah it's but also, say maybe it's alleviated a tiny bit by the fact that she's not the only woman in the cast and there yeah. are others with different motivations, but it's still a, yeah, you know, creaky yeah. door noise. <laughs> um, but like, and the, the magic, they, but they don't feel like they all just exist for the sake of, of um, the male audience. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, and, and the magic and doing stuff. Yeah. And the magic, they, well, it's like so many series about men where like, Oh, well, yeah. Like just, the series is about men doing things and women exist in the world. They're just not important to the story. Men exist in this world. They're just not important to the story. It's, all, the, all the stuff is being done by women. And like, I love that the magic like is kind of like goopy and like kind of gross. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, kind of like body horror at times without being like super graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's a cool series. It's a total wild ride. It has its ups and downs. Um, but overall, I'm really enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. So Birdie Wing, I am an episode behind on. Um, but I am also enjoying that wild ride. Mm. Of it is a wild of, ride to just, be sure. <laughs> like just like every episode, I'm just sitting there like just fucking losing it. <laughs> like Vice Pierre just like unzipping her jacket. Oh my god. So like. Her magic. To steal a phrase from ANN, I'm not stealing the joke necessarily because I did think of this on my own before reading it. Her magic crotch stank. <laughs> I guess that's what it is, huh? <laughs> I mean, uh, Eve says it's perfume, mm. but I am. I'm. Um, but you know, she is unzipping her jacket, so like or her whatever you call that garment. The weird slinky snake one piece <laughs> thing. So like you do think um she's she's put if it's perfume she's putting it somewhere. So, you know, <laughs> she was making choices. Strategic <laughs> application. Oh, uh, oh, Birdie Wing. So I think I think I got to tap out of Birdie Wing. I it's I think I've had enough of its shenanigans. Mostly just like I, I just want to ask them, you know, I'm just like, you know, you can make your, um, <laughs> your seedy, dark mafia golf underworld. You know, you can make that setting like <laughs> threatening and feel dark and dangerous without like constant sexual menace. You know, you can do that, right? It's yeah. just, 
like Snake Lady, as you have said, she has that whole thing going on. Um, but there's also, you know, there's a bit later where there's the two sort of, uh, you know, the one who look, the lady who looks like Sephiroth and the other kind of <laughs> mafia don lady. They're talking. They're like, "Ooh, we should get Eve to work for us." You know, even if she's not playing golf, we can pretty her up, and she can, you know, serve the fans. Um, and it's like, uh, yeah, just like that all coming in after the show has absolutely hit me upside the head with the information that Eve is like meant to be 15 or 14. Oh my God. <laughs> that combination. I'm like, do we have to be doing this? You know, can we not just stick to like ridiculous shenanigans without this element? You know, like, I don't know. It's yeah, no, I totally get it. And like, I was totally bowled over by the reveal that Eve and Aoi are 15. Um, and I was very upset because I had found Eve very attractive up until that point. Because, <laughs> like, like, her her character design and, like, her kind of she demeanor. Doesn't look, she doesn't look or act 15. Like, yeah, I read there. her as, like, 20 or 21 or something. Yeah! This episode and kind of, like, wrote the review, you know, imagining that. And then the next episode, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm competing in this under-15s golf tournament. I'm like, you're what? Excuse me? <laughs> Um, yeah, so, like, that was, like, Lily looks like she's, like, 15. No, I totally thought Eve was, like, 20. And so, but also, like, Catherine and Rose, they're there, and they also, I, um, activate my bisexual genes. So, like. <laughs> no, fair so enough, like, for sure. But. Um, <laughs> and it's just, like, it's so wild and over the top that it doesn't bother me as much and it doesn't feel mm -hmm, like just mm -hmm. since it is like an all-female cast it doesn't um make it feel like a predatory lesbian sort of thing yeah yeah no, that, um, that's totally fair again you have that fun spectrum um and if mm -hmm. you know if if all of your women are varying shades of ridiculous um <laughs> you know that's that's representation that's fun that's what we deserve but mm -hmm. just yeah i just i don't know uh, it's fair. On a, personal, it's fair. on a personal taste thing, I was like, I don't know that I have the extra energy to put up with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. hey, I will keep listening out to hear what shenanigans it gets up to every week. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally. It, it's also like fair low key enough that I can just sort of like mm, just, let's just slide past that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so let's move on uh, to Shikimori's not just a cutie. Which I'm not watching, and Alex is not watching. But Peter, now you get a turn to talk. Yeah, I'm the only one watching all the rom coms this season. What the, what the heck's going on? <laughs> hey, I'm watching the best rom coms. The best one. Yeah, Kaguya-sama, obviously. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I really like Shikamori. It's a great show. Um, I think it's really handled. Uh, it, like the its premise is kind of a. Uh, perilous and could have gone in a really bad direction uh since it like fundamentally is like playing with societal expectations and gender roles that kind of thing but i think it's uh handled it very well very like gentle touch on it um it never makes jokes at any character's expense uh and the kind of the the result even if the characters the things don't turn out like how they kind of approach the situation with or how they want it it's always kind of like uh they are are happy uh with with what happened uh if that makes sense uh in the end like that nobody it's never at anybody's expense uh and everybody's sort of satisfied with the result at the end uh even if it doesn't necessarily like line up with a kind of uh, their expectations going into whatever the scenario is that they're kind of messing with in the show 
and and it's very textual too. Like even in the first episode, they have that situation where that even like uh, Shikamori's friends who are in the group uh, kind of uh, you know pressure her to throw the game because girls like not putting up as good a performance as guys is kind of expected in a date. It, I guess it, it's cute. Yeah, lose. it's cute to lose to the guy so he can show you how to bowl or something. And she says, fuck that and bowls a perfect game. And, you know, at the, at the end, the characters who suggested it, they're just like, wow, what a badass. <laughs> so like, <laughs> uh, yeah, at the end, everybody uh, like uh, it, it's never like uh, you don't feel bad at the end of any of the jokes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it really is successful at portraying them as like extremely horny teenagers without getting leery or uncomfortable about it. Shikamori offers to let Izumi taste her ice cream and he's licking the ice cream and you could see that she's like, oh, <laughs> while, while watching it. And, and then he notices she's looking at him really weird and he suddenly gets embarrassed. And he, and, and Which is another gender reversal joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there, it was obviously a horny teenage moment and mm-hmm. like it wasn't at anybody's expense. Uh, it didn't like, I don't, it didn't sexualize them either. So, and it does that a lot, uh, like just like little bits like that. And I think that's really good because, uh, they are probably horny teenagers and, uh, I I think edit Shikimori. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate it comes from, uh, both of them uh, have moments like that as well. Uh, sometimes they even like kind of, uh, intentionally activate (laughs) that those sort of moments like Shikimori would like, I think she was eating a s'more and she like licked some mush or some, uh, what is it called? Marshmallow off of her thumb. Uh, while looking at Izumi and uh, it's like targeted, but again, it doesn't like, you know, it doesn't go overboard or anything like mm-hmm. that. So I think, but she's yeah. like actively flirting with. Him. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's 100% flirting and he gets really uh, bashful about it. Uh, so again, with the, the reversal thing uh, it's just uh, been very cute about all of that stuff. Uh, it's stayed fresh, very uh, sweet series. Uh, I, basically all my concerns about, shikamori are kind of external uh it's produced by doga kobo who does not have a good track record uh not in like quality but in uh making shows that are extremely uncomfortable uh mm, to watch okay. like wadaten and uh Uzumade. uh now okay. however on the other hand when doga kobo is on there yeah on uh, you mean like uh, text, like context, or just visually? Because visually, I mean, they're a great studio. I mean, con- like they also did Sleepy Princess and Nozaki. Oh, did they? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Then never mind. They're, they're okay. Then I have less concerns. Uh, but those were both Mitsue Yamazaki, who honestly, if Mizui, so the reason I didn't watch more Shikimori is yeah. the first episode I thought was a little bit flat. Yeah. Um, com- comedically, mm-hmm. um, if Mitsue Yamazaki were directing it. I would be watching so hard because honestly, that kind of, the di- the kind of dynamic they have in it yeah. is my shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought of it. I was surprised you weren't keeping up with it, but I, I yeah, definitely get it. Know. It's a little bit more understated than uh, a lot of the other rom coms out there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other issue is, I, I guess uh, at the beginning of the season, we learned that like all the, the entire studio got COVID or something. Uh, oh yeah. And after today's episode, uh, this being the 14th, so episode six just came out, they're going to, I think they're delayed for a couple weeks or something. Uh, Cause I wow, guess it's wow. finally hit that point in the schedule. So I hope mm-hmm. everybody's fine. And uh, I hope everyone's okay. I'm mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Solidarity. Yeah. I'm glad they're delaying it rather than uh, trying to soldier through at the expense of the show and the, the people working. <laughs> yeah. On it. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
It's I, really hard to work when you have COVID. Yeah, I'm glad they just uh, they decided to say, um, we'll just like take two weeks or, or to catch up or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I feel like that's the best thing they could have done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a great show. Another one I can pretty much uh, recommend without any caveats. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll have to get on that. All right. Um, so let's talk about Heroines Run the Show, mm. which I would shift down to it's complicated Uh oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um so i've i'm i'm not caught up on the oh i think (laughs) there's six or five episodes out at the moment because i've i've missed a couple because i was six there might be seven at this point I think I only got up to, oh, I can't remember. I've been watching so much anime over the last couple days. I know, me too. I've just been slamming everything. So, Caitlin, what were you going to say? Okay, well, so, first of all, I want to say, I don't understand what Honeyworks is fully. It's a Vocaloid (laughs) thing, but also there's a bunch of different anime, and there's, like, it's, like, a whole, like, media mix thing, and... the canons interact with each other but they're not necessarily like necessary i don't know it's it's like it's like a cinematic universe mm, everything's the gonna Honeywork- be a cinematic universe these days Honeywork cinematic <laughs> universe i don't this is my first time engaging with it so i don't know maybe there's a whole bunch of stuff so okay so the first thing i want to say is um and i and i do like the show but it is probably the one i'm closest to dropping mm-hmm. um it's just very typical, like, oh, these two guys are picking on the hardworking heroine, but over time they are coming to care about her, um, which is which is a pretty common shoujo trope um, and has never really been my favorite one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff that in the more recent episodes um, doesn't real feel really earned. And also, so <laughs> the new episode... <laughs> Um, we get to the makeover arc. Oh no! Yeah, that's right. Oh, no. They Stop give her a makeover. Yeah, don't touch those eyebrows. They didn't touch her eyebrows, oh, but God. they did get her a haircut. They oh. uh, have her learn to do makeup. They go out and buy her more fashionable clothes because she's going to be going to a concert with them, and she needs to be presentable. Um, and they're like, by the way, like our manager dressing like this is honestly a little embarrassing anyway. So we should probably have done this a long time ago. And so like, I have really complicated feelings about makeover arcs in general, because I feel like a lot of people like on the feminine end of the gender spectrum exper- do like experiment with like more feminine presentation and less feminine presentation, like at some point in their lives if they haven't just barreled full 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 fledged into femininity from the very beginning i mean i know i have um and you know i know a lot of other people who have generally when you get that it's a it's it's a trope it's something you see a lot with like a lot of non-feminine girls in fiction mm-hmm. um and so it's something that like is okay in isolation but as part of a pattern it starts yeah. to get um and also like it wasn't her choice Mm, like you know once they bring it up she's just like because because she has other priorities in life right she's on like she's on the track team um 
she's working feminine like performing femininity is work it takes it takes developing skills um it takes learning like learning it's it is a lot of work learning to do that sort of stuff it takes time it takes effort um and so she just she has so much going on in her life that does she have time to add this onto it um and it's never been an issue for her before but the moment that the boys start talking about it she's like i'm really not cute I could never be a heroine because I'm so not cute. Hmm. And I would be a lot more comfortable with it if if um she was the one who initiated it. She was the one who was like, you know, I'd like to try getting a new haircut. Can you guys help me with that? You guys, you know, you live in this world. Um things like that. Also the new theme song is terrible. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Wait, they changed the opening. No, the ending. They changed oh. the ending, which before was so cute. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, I really liked the ending. I know. All the girls hanging out, and now the one is just like, girls are just like this. Tee hee hee. Yeah, it, that's discouraging. Yeah. I was one episode behind. I guess I've missed a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. happened in the new episode. D compared it to the song. Um, Oh, I can't remember the exact title, but it's the one that's like uh, just for yourself in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in the Discord, um, <laughs> which felt spot on. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so this one I might end up dropping if it's definitely going to be lower priority. Yeah, mm. I'm glad you said that. I, I was kind of having the same feeling where the, her relationship with the guys feels very like archetypical and not great. Uh, I really had no interest in the dudes whatsoever. I thought, but I thought <laughs> they're he, really boring. Yeah, I thought Hiori is like a great character. And to be honest, the thing I'm most interested in was her dynamic with her classmates Yuri and Chizuru, mm-hmm. uh, which they just are never going to spend any time on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just right, like or this, her track. Or yeah, yeah. Like- her succeeding at the her the thing she's passionate about, uh, rather than just like having to earn the approvals of these just these two. Mm-hmm asshole <laughs> idol voice mm. uh, I, I'm not I don't really I don't really see the appeal of those guys so yeah, yeah it just seems like the, the, the series had a lot of th- cool things that it could be doing um, but what it is doing is just not not too interesting to me yeah yep. um, so the next up we have Daimon which Alex and I are watching Ooh. dad show another Woo-hoo! dad show <laughs> another dad show um, although they keep calling him her dad, her father figure, but he's really more of an older brother. Yeah, I was gonna say that he's. They're like, you're, uh, you're gonna be like a father to her. I'm like, I don't know that he needs to be. I think we can have it be, you know, I don't know, less yeah, easily like, defined than that. They can just be like, inter- like intergenerational pals, like who yeah, have things like in an common, adult, you know? an adult male figure in her life, um, which is is good to have. But like, yeah, which feels. I like this show. I really, really do. I'm really enjoying it. Parts of it feel a little calculated. Um, the Wagash, the Wagashi stuff is really interested, but it also feels a little bit like an advertisement for Wagashi because it is um, uh, losing in popularity compared to Western sweets a lot. 
Okay, I was going to um, say, a lot of it does feel like a beautiful uh, tourist um, brochure for that yeah. region and it's all of its, you know, traditional delights and its history, mm-hmm. um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, you know, like yeah. some shows are made to advertise, you know, a yeah. place or a, a product and they can and, still be really great stories. Um, and the Wagashi's <laughs> really, the Wagashi stuff is really cool. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like him, them being like, well, you have to be like her dad is like, Dads are popular these days, right? We'll try to make him like a dad figure for her. Mm-hmm. When that's not really the dynamic that I'm getting. And I like Nagamu a lot. Um, I, I'm i just going to put it out in the table. He's my type. <laughs> I am like, yeah, yeah, Peter, who has done many of these podcasts with me, is like, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds right. <laughs> I, love, I love him goofy. I love him kind of useless. <laughs> I love, but but sweet. I love them goofy and kind of useless, but sweet. Um, and Nagumu is basically all of those things. Yeah, and it's it's fun, you know, having him the counterpart to this like very serious child because <laughs> yeah. it's normally I don't know. I mean, certainly in the I would say it's more common to have the dad be yeah. the grizzled, serious one, and the girl is the little ray of sunshine, but it's the other way around, which is kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I and, guess you... and she feels more like an actual child than a lot of the single dad anime, where mm, it's just mm-hmm. like, she's basically a pet. It's like, no, she's a person. <laughs> and like, I think a lot of like the potential dynamics, especially for a child who has been basically abandoned by her parents, are kind of smoothed out but you know at least she's not like just kind of sitting sitting there cough cough uh if it's for my daughter i'd even murder the demon lord or whatever it was called Mm. um i was just gonna say you know like we do meet one of her parents finally we Um, do and it's uh, I don't know. It, tone, with the tone and the vibe that the show wants to go for, it couldn't have dragged that out any longer than it did. It makes sense that they wrapped it up nice and neat pretty quickly and easily. But, but it I, didn't feel real. I kind of wanted a bit more from it, mostly because just, I don't know, I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy these kinds of, you know, people, especially young people who have had a rough time and who whose parents or adult guardians haven't been there and for them in the way that they should, but then they find, you know, other uh, rewards in other relationship dynamics. Those stories are really meaningful to me and they can come through as dramas. They can come through as comedies. They can come through as more slice of life, come through as a bunch. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I get that this show is going for chill vibes before anything else, but I just wanted a little bit. I it don't was know. too cl- it was too clean for a messy situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, embrace the mess a little bit, you know? Give us more of a, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and I think, think I'm going to, I don't know, I think I'm going to stick with this one, though. It's it's quite charming, even though it feels a bit, I don't want to say shallow. It feels like it's not as deep and interesting as it could be with the dynamics and the stuff that it's dealing with. But again, that's not, I don't know, it's going for a certain vibe and maybe, maybe the issue is, I don't think the issue is with the show itself. I think it's just with what I maybe expect and want from this kind of story as an audience member and maybe we're not compatible. Ah, that's fine. We'll see how we go. Yeah, no, I'm going to stick with it, but yeah, it's, it's, 
It's a little soft. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, last show to talk about is Danse, Danse, Danseur, um, which is uh, sports anime, but ballet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which there are moments where it feels like it's working a little bit too hard to shove ballet into a sports anime format. I was screaming in rage at the screen when Junpei just got up in the middle of their their com- competition. Oh yeah, kind of ruining the performance. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if I was supposed to be rooting for him, but I was so angry. When uh what how do you say his name? Ruo or Lu or something like that? Luo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I did like the visuals when he finally is well, well, first of all, when Chisuru is just like, fucking kill him. <laughs> she like does the, like, the thumb over her throat motion. I thought that was great. And then uh, uh, Luo, when he's, uh, uh, he just goes sicko mode. And, <laughs> and like, I don't know, they've got like all this impressionistic shit, like showing him as a demon. As yeah, he, that was really cool. That was a cool shot. Yeah, like it throws him across the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think that like... Uh, at least in the adaptation, I feel like Mappa did some really cool stuff with mm-hmm. that moment uh, on every end, except for uh, uh, what the fuck are you doing, Junpei? Yeah, oh, yeah. Vi- visually it's great. And yeah. I do think, because it's been really frustrating for me, because Junpei, in true sports anime protagonist fashion, basically comes crashing into this world he knows nothing about. Um, is determined that he's going to be the best and he has this natural talent. Um, I don't think the series has been addressed, has been addressing the toxic masculinity um, in the sort of way that we were hoping for in the beginning, because he does just sort of come in and be like, I'm doing my thing. Um, even if like he decides, like eventually decides like, actually, no, it's not like lame to do ballet. Um, I'm going to do ballet regardless of whether my friends make fun of me for it. Um, you know, regardless of whether like they're, they're already bullying Luo for it. They're yeah, that was a probably going to bully arc. me for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, um, and like, cause, and like the rivalry thing is really, I feel like overplayed. Yeah. Um, and like, why is he being chosen to be the prince? Like he's, got the natural talent but um he's still very like he's a still a raw beginner um it felt very forced like very sports anime um but the last episode does kind of start to address it where he's finally having this talk with someone who's like where he's like i don't care about doing things the way everyone else does and like this old lady is like well this is this this your ballet is beautiful but like to progress like and she's like explaining kind of like the nature of ballet in a way that he is un- finally like understanding and connecting to and he mm. goes and he apologizes to luo for being such a butthead yeah um so maybe the show has reached a turning point but it's been both really interesting and a really frustrating experience to me so far just because he's so oh just constantly just like stop stop Junpei stop yeah Junpei just very egocentric mm-hmm. I I uh I do think uh I have a 
appreciated at least personally uh that i I think they show a lot of his feelings to be like a result of kind of this internalized bravado he he has uh which is part of just like this this kind of uh toxic masculine ideal that he's uh learned uh since he he was younger and was more into ballet Uh, and i I definitely can i I understand anybody that doesn't like him especially after the bullying arc that was uh, extremely harsh but I, I I do think the series is making an effort to say like a lot of like he's he, like a lot of him being a shit heel is because he's uh, kind of at war with his own desire to do something that's not considered masculine, uh, and uh, but he he also wants to be masculine for uh, like uh, well uh, first cultural pressure and some fucked up stuff regarding the death of his father. So I I, uh, I, I it seems like at least in, an effort is being made. Um, I don't know how much of it is me. Uh, just comparing the series favorably to Welcome to the Ballroom, though, where uh, I'm I'm glad that Miyako. I wish she got more development, but I guess I'm glad that she's not like the girl in Welcome to the Ballroom, who is just a Cadillac that two boys are fighting over mm-hmm. who gets to drive her. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so in that way, it's a lot better. Also, uh, specifically in reference to him being Prince, I think it it seems to be a result of uh, something that I also uh, am kind of not super keen on with the series is like it seems like Chizuru is like really using Junpei to manipulate Ruo into doing ballet in a way that feels very uh, I I don't know just I guess manipulative is, is the best word uh, and I, I wish she's a, a great character on her own and I wish she was being less underhanded about all this it just doesn't feel great so uh, yeah definitely like <laughs> I, I there's a lot of good stuff I like in this but also a lot of uh, just like small issues and some really rough content. So I, I definitely understand people like uh, if they would just go like, no, screw this guy. <laughs> a lot sure. of secondhand embarrassment. Oh yeah. A that too. Secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, a lot you cannot of, deal with secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. Do not watch this show. Yeah. It hurts. It, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I feel like with this one, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really like, it is going to depend on how the back half of the show is going to go. Yeah. Agree. Um, so, um, but we are way over. Yeah. I am going to get yelled at for once again, host every time I host, we go over for a, one of the seasonal podcasts. As is tradition. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just keeping up the proud of any film decision, mm-hmm. decisions, traditions, tradition there. Now D has to forgive me because I included a line from a musical in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. Um, if you like what you've heard, tell your friends about us. Um, you can become a Patreon patron on our Patreon. Uh, we have three tiers, starting with a dollar a month. And $5 a month, you can join our Discord. We also have a store now, animefeminist.com slash store. Um, we have such an awesome new logo, thanks to Katie Castillo. I am literally wanting to get a tattoo of it, but you don't have you don't have to get a tattoo. But you can get a T-shirt or stickers or a bag or a mug, all sorts of different things. You don't have to have it permanently etched on your body. So, if you are interested in reading what we have to say, uh, you can also check out our website at animefeminist.com, on our Tumblr at animefeminist, and on Twitter at animefeminist. So, thank you so much for listening and sticking with us. I'm sorry for going over. And we'll see you again at the end of the season.